Hey, we're wrapping up our Ephesians study today with Ephesians 6. Let's read this chapter together and talk about putting on the whole armor of God to protect us from this earth. Let's do this. Ephesians 6 today. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining me uh, for a, another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast, uh, YouTube video, Instagram Live thing that we do here on uh, Monday and Friday. If you're just joining us, uh, we're at the end of our Ephesians series. So this is Ephesians 6 today we're going to dive into. Uh, if you've missed any of the other episodes, 1 through 5, they're on YouTube, they're on the podcast, they're on Instagram, they're everywhere. Go take a look at it and uh, catch up if you want to do that uh, before you watch uh, this episode. Uh, but we're in Ephesians 6. This is, once again, a letter from Paul to the church of Ephesus. Uh, so along the way, he's written to this church, kind of telling them how to, how to act, telling them how to move forward with their walk with Christ. So this is the kind of the ending where he's kind of summing things up, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for children and parents, just kind of way to perceive and treat one another. We'll look at it that way. Uh, and, uh, and putting on the whole armor of God. So let's uh, have a sip of coffee and let's dive into Ephesians 6, okay? All right, get my old man glasses on. All right, uh, children and parents. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, and this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. It's a commandment, obviously. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life here on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes with the Lord. Okay, <clears throat> two things I like about how he starts this Ephesians 6, right? He starts it off with, um, you know, this is the first, This is a commandment, and it's the only commandment, the first commandment with a promise. So honor your father and your mother. And if you do these, if you do this commandment, you will have a kind of a long life, and things will go well for you, so to speak. That's what Paul says right there. Now the rest of the um, you know the Ten Commandments uh, don't really come with a promise. It doesn't say you know if you uh, if you don't covet your neighbor the da da da, or if you do not murder then that. This is the one that Paul's kind of talking about uh, how important it is to honor your father and mother. How important it is uh, to be in that family unit. Okay, and it talks about if you if you missed ep, uh, uh, episode five, Ephesians five, uh, what what leads into this children and parents conversation is uh, talking about husbands and wives and talking about the the marriage. So we talked all about that last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he talks about the family. He talks about what a family should look like, a husband and wife, and how the husband leaves his family and joins his wife to form a new unit, a new family unit there, and then with that. Now he's talking to the children of that marriage, okay? Now, I do like how he calls us out as, as fathers. Uh, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. So he talks about children, hey, honor your father and mother. Hey, and you're a, if you're a father, you have a special duty to you know, not anger and treat your children well, because you're the head of the household, as we talked about last time, that spiritual head of the household. We as fathers and as husbands should be be the spiritual leader of our family. And with that comes kind of a different level of expectation from God with, hey, if you're the spiritual leader in this house, you better treat your kids well. Now bring them up in discipline and instruction 
that comes from the Lord. So don't let them get away with anything. I mean, you got to set boundaries and be a good father, but also treat them well. All right, let's dive into slaves and masters. Mm. <clears throat> I'll preface the slaves and masters discussion uh, just from the word slave. I know that's a it has a long, terrible, terrible history uh, here in the United States and across the world, quite frankly. Uh, slavery has been kind of around, unfortunately, since the beginning. Uh, now, how are slaves referred to in the Bible? A, cuff, a couple of different ways, quite frankly. In some ways, they were kind of uh, kind of working off debts. All right, so it wasn't necessarily that they were captured and forced to work. In a lot of ways, in many ways, back in this time, uh, they were kind of working off debts from a family. So you 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 get a debt with a family, and then you work towards that and work that off instead of getting a paycheck. You're working off the debts. Now, saying all that, in the old Roman Rome at the time uh, had legalized slavery in uh, different capacities uh, for the Romans and. Paul being under, at that point, Roman rule of this area of the world, uh, that's kind of something also to kind of keep in mind. All right. Verse 5. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Not fear in terms of being afraid of them, but more fear of kind of how you fear the Lord. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. And we're going to talk about why he's comparing the two at the end of this. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, now he's turning it over to the other half, right? Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. So the main discussion and part of this kind of slaves and masters section here is less of condemning slavery, even really talking about what it even means. Uh, what he's saying is no matter what, where you're at in your life, in your working relationship, or whether you're a slave or whether you're a master, whether you're working for somebody or whether you're the boss, whether you're, you know, whatever that may be, we're all slaves to God. And what does that mean to be a slave of God or slave of Christ? It means to honor God and follow God and work hard for God, work for Jesus, right? And that's where that correlation uh, means. So as he talks about, as he refers to us as, make sure I get this right, slaves of Christ, what that means is we, we, we dedicate our lives to Christ and we work for Christ, if that makes sense. So he's equaling the playing field here, right? Whether you're a slave or whether you're a master, we're all slaves to Christ. And we all are, are going to have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So no matter where you are in your life right now, uh, whether you, you make a lot of money or you don't make a lot of money, whether you're a student, uh, whether you're a parent or a child, uh, whether you feel like somebody's taking advantage of you or you're somebody who's maybe taking advantage of other people, just remember there, God plays no favorites in heaven. We are all the same playing field once we get to heaven. That's the, the point Paul is trying to make. Okay. All right, let's dive into the whole armor of God. And this is the main section of uh, Ephesians 6. That's good coffee today. All right, uh, a final word, uh, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all the God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities uh, of the unseen world, 
against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So he he pivots from, hey, slaves and masters and children of God to all of a sudden like, hey, we're all in this together, and we're not battling earthly powers. We're battling authorities of the unseen world. Man, that is like powerful, and you need God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm. Verse 13, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes with the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on your salvation as your helmet and take this sword of the Spirit, which comes from God. So he's he's describing the kind of the, the armor of God, right? What does that mean, the armor of God? It's not necessarily physical armor that you have to put on, but we're we're battling these, um, as he talked about, these uh, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, these mighty powers of the dark world. He's describing these very descriptive, um, elaborate terms, and he's saying, "Hey, you need you need the protection of God in order to fight these things because it's not just a normal fight against normal people." of this world. You've got to have God with you to protect you. And then he kind of goes through and describes the different pieces of God's armor, which is beautiful. I love how in the shield of faith, right? Uh, and your salvation is your helmet. And it's interesting how he, he relates each one to a different part of the body, and especially the salvation as your helmet. What's in your helmet? What's the helmet protecting, if you think about it that way? Your helmet protects your head, right? Where where all your thoughts and your and your and your and your dreams, right? And all your all your wisdom is in, right? You're putting on the shield to protect your heart, but your salvation, Jesus, His grace that He gave you and saved you, is protecting your mind and your thoughts. And, and, and it's it's interesting how He describes each part differently and what they mean when that. All right, where are, where are we here? Uh, verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers and believers everywhere. So he pivots from, hey, you've got to put on the armor of God. You've got to shield. You've got to protect your heart. You've got to protect your mind and your spirit. And, I'm gonna, and God can do all those things for you. You can't do it yourself because you're not fighting worldly battles. You're fighting spiritual battles. And only God can help you protect. And he pivots from that to pray. Pray in the Spirit at all times. So, you would ask, a lot of people do, I do, what does it mean to put on the armor of God? How do I put on the armor of God? Well, he just told you right here. He pivots from, hey, put on the armor of God. Hey, and by the way, you've got to pray on every occasion. You've got to pray in the Spirit all times. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So how do you put on the armor of God? How do you, uh, you know, get God to protect you? You got to ask him. It's prayer. So he leads right in into that. Now, what he wants you to do is pray for, the, you know, through the Holy Spirit to God to help protect you. And then also, now let's pivot to 19, which is kind of cool. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. 
I am in chains now. You got to remember, Paul's in prison at this point when he's writing this. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I'll keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. So let's kind of, we're not at the end yet, but let's kind of summarize where we're at. Children, honor your father and mother. Fathers, this is your duty. No matter where you're at in your life, you're a slave, you're a master. It's all, it doesn't matter. We're all equal in the eyes of God, and we're all going to be equal in heaven. Now, saying all those things, when no matter who you are or where you are in your life, you've got to put on the armor of God to fight these spiritual battles. And how do you do that? You have to pray. you got to pray all the time. Pray, pers- Be persistent in your prayers. Stay alert. I like that. Stay alert. And also, don't forget to pray for me. <laughs> right? That's what Paul is asking. He's in prison at this point, and he knows he needs the armor of God. He needs the strength of God to get through his current situation, because he needs the strength and the knowledge and the wisdom to keep preaching the good news, even though he is bound in chains and in prison. And he knows he needs help. So a couple of things. A is obviously we talked about how important it is to pray for that armor of God, but also to pray for each other. When's the last time you prayed for somebody else? Everybody is going through some weird, difficult times and and spiritual battles that you may not even know that they're fighting. You need to pray for your friends, and they'll pray for you as well. I did a post um, on Instagram uh, a couple of days ago, talking about in in, in Mark, it, it, there's a story there that um, you know a paralyzed man was healed because his friends went and grabbed Jesus and asked them, and Jesus said, "Yes, I'll go heal your friend because of your faith. Your prayers matter. Matter. Your circle matters. So if you expect your friends to pray for you, you have to ask for it, and certainly pray for them in return." So don't be afraid to ask somebody and let somebody know that you're dealing with something. We're all in this together. Children, fathers, slaves, masters, all of us together. We're all there. We all need God to help us fight these spiritual battles. So don't be afraid to ask a good friend or anybody to pray for you. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, who formulated most of what Christianity is today, is asking the people reading this letter for prayer. He's not too proud to ask for prayer. He, 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 he's in a position that he knows he needs it. So no matter where you are in life today, don't be afraid to ask for prayer, because we need it. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, final greetings, verse uh, 21. To bring you up to date, uh, to, Chi- to Chicus, I, mis- I mispronounce that every time I read it, I apologize, will give you a full report of what I am doing and how I am getting along. He was the uh, liaison with the church. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper to the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Verse 23, Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon you, upon all, excuse me, who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read 23 again. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. And may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternal, eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great way to end a letter and to end a prayer. Um, it's crazy uh, when you think about where Paul was <clears throat> in his life and how he was in prison writing these letters and still cared about the congregations of these churches and still cared about the people that were just learning how to be a Christian and love the Lord. 
And in the way he ends his letter is, hey, for all who love Jesus, may you have his grace. May he shine upon you and love you. Uh, what a blessing Paul's letters are. So that's it. That's Ephesians 6. Hopefully you liked it. So uh, I don't know what we're going to do next, but we'll uh, we'll pick out a few things. But uh, as we talked about earlier, I may do a, a little mailbag session on Friday, but uh, we'll dive into some different books and stuff later. But Ephesians 6 is, 6 is great. If you haven't read all of Paul's letters in the New Testament, the Galatians and Corinthians, go back and read them all. Uh, it's interesting to see some of the consistencies across all of his letters and also some of the differences between the churches. Uh, so go back. I encourage you uh, to read more. And I do have some of the other podcasts and YouTube videos on the different books of, uh, of Paul. So feel free to bounce around and uh, watch or listen to some of those. So, All right, let's have a sip of coffee. And I'll answer a couple of questions uh, and uh, we'll go about our Monday. I can't believe it's Monday already. So if you're live here on Instagram with me, make sure you uh, uh, ask a question there at the bottom. And uh, this is the kind of the time to where I answer just a couple of questions. And then we'll pray, and then we'll uh, we'll get about our Monday and get our week going. So let's see what questions we have uh, today. All right, so uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going. I'm going to read the first one because the, it just catches me. Because if we just talked about praying for others. Can we ask for prayer request? Today, 17 weeks pregnant, age 43, and anxious about today's genetic test. Uh, please pray for healthy results, healthy baby boy. Absolutely, we will pray for you. And when we get done uh, with this episode, we're, we'll wrap it up in prayer, and I'll make sure that we pray for you and your and the test results and your baby boy. You've got this. Uh, God's got this. Uh, he's gonna. He's going to protect you. Put that armor of God on. Trust Him when you go into uh, your test today, uh, and you'll be okay. Okay, but we'll pray for you in a minute. Okay. Let's see. For years, I did honor my parents. Then I went through a period when I did not. I have asked for forgiveness. Is that all I need to do, Kim? Uh, you know, it depends. You always need to ask for forgiveness, okay? Uh, no, we all sin every day. We all fail every day. We all come uh, fall short, as they say, of, of, uh, of God every single day. So you did honor your father, father and mother, mother. Excuse me. I went for a period where I did not. We all do, quite frankly. Um, you know, I, I love my parents. My dad passed away a few years ago, as most of you guys know. Uh, and I'm really close to my parents. Actually, I had lunch with my mom yesterday. Uh, so it's, um, you know, I love my parents today. Did I always honor them? No. I mean, I was a little bit of a turkey, uh, especially in my teen years, for sure. Um, I, I made them earn their earn their uh, love, so to speak. It was uh, I was not always great. I was not always good. I was not always honorable to my parents. So yes, you need to ask for forgiveness. I would also see, ask, you know, how are you treating your parents now, um, and what's your relationship like, right? Now, saying that, at the end of that part, it talked about fathers' duties to their kids and treating us with respect and not teaching us anger and also teaching us discipline. So, you know, it's that relationship between parents and, and, and kids, uh, even when no matter how old you are as a kid, uh, it works both ways, okay? You need to honor your father and mother, but they parents have to treat their kids uh, well as and raise us right as well to earn that honor, so to speak. I mean, it's a commandment, but Paul pivots and talks about fathers right after that. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're a garbage parent, more than likely you're not going to be honored. So it starts with us as parents, making sure that we treat our kids the right way and teach them the right way. And in return, we will certainly be honored by them. That's how it works. All right, let's save. Um, 
Let's, uh, oh, we got a bunch down here. So uh, ask a question if you haven't put any already. Uh, I'm going to scroll down and, and see what else we got in here. Um, how do I know, or how do you know when uh, that you will go to heaven, uh, Nathaniel? Uh, okay, so what does the Bible say about getting into heaven, or how do you get into heaven? Okay, so the, the gift of salvation uh, is the is the gift okay so you are a gift you are receiving a gift from jesus and what is that gift is eternal salvation it's getting into heaven it's being with in the presence of god for the rest of eternity okay it's a gift jesus is handing it to you okay so there's two things you have to do in order to kind of quote unquote get into heaven one is you have to receive and accept that gift if you do not then you don't get your salvation, okay? So those people out there in the living in the world, this is how I I feel. This is what I've read biblically. Biblically, if you are an atheist or you do not believe in Jesus as your your uh, Lord and Savior, then you're not receiving that gift, if that makes sense. So getting into heaven is it's there. All you gotta do is go, okay? You don't. God doesn't send anybody to hell. We choose to do that by rejecting Christ, which is the second part. You have to not reject Christ, okay? You have to receive the gift, understand that it's, uh, you know, a gift, believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and not reject him. That rejection is that unforgivable sin that is referred to in the Bible, that blasphemy of the Spirit, so to speak. The way I read it, the way a lot of scholars read it as well, is that rejection of Christ. You're rejecting your salvation. So they go hand in hand. It's kind of two sides of the same coin. So if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you accept that gift, and you believe that He lived, God came and lived on this earth as a sinless man, was crucified, died, and was buried, rose three days later, and then ascended into heaven, and sits at the right at the right hand of God the Father. If you believe that, and you believe that Jesus sacrificed His life for you, then you will go to heaven. As long as you don't reject that notion and reject him, you will get into heaven. doesn't matter what you've done here. We all sin. We ask for forgiveness. You can't work and earn your way to heaven. You have to receive that free gift, if that makes sense. Okay? You need to, while we're here, and once you are uh, saved and born again as a believer in Christ, then absolutely you need to obey the commandments, and treat people well, and work for Christ, spread the good news, and try to help other people know Jesus. Yeah, those are the expectations once you're forgiven, and once you're saved, and once you've accepted Jesus, absolutely. But you can't earn your way to heaven. It's a free gift that you have to accept. Okay? So that's that's how you get to heaven. That's how that salvation is just there. You just got to accept Jesus and believe it. And then you need to live a certain way, but that doesn't get you to heaven. All right, let's do one more question. We'll get on about. Let's see what we got here. Now you got a lot on here. Uh, I really enjoyed this series. We just finished. Could we do another where we read whole books of Scripture over several weeks? Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly do that in the future. All right, uh, let's do one more question. Uh, how do um, how can I re, uh, improve our relationship with God? That's another one from the same guy, so I'll just read it. It's right next to each other, and 
trying to wrap up here. How do you improve your relationship with God? You got to work on it. And I've talked about this a bunch in my episodes. Uh, communication is key to any relationship. Uh, and you've got to work on a relationship. I've been married a long time. And the only reason why my marriage has lasted 22 years is because A, we work on it. And B, we communicate about everything. And uh, for a relationship to work and for you to be close, uh, you've got to work on your relationship with God constantly, as well as you've got to communicate constantly. You've got to pray constantly. We just le- learned about that in Paul, okay? That's what we need to be doing. So how do you get close to God, or how do you maintain that relationship? I've named my channel Living Christian for a reason. You've, I, I want to live Christian seven days a week. I want to attend church, yes, but what do I do the rest of the week? Listen to the right music, podcast, read my Bible, read Bible plans, you know, follow the right social media, like, and, and kind of embed yourself with that Christian mindset. And if you do that every day, and you're, and you're living for the Lord, and you're living for Jesus, you won't feel distance from Him. Yeah, there'll be times where you go through struggles, and you know, ups and downs, and you'll feel like God is maybe not as close as He should be. But the reality of it is, He's always there. It's us that move away, okay? So work on your relationship with God by just living a Christian lifestyle, and frankly, pray. Prayer is the key to it all, okay? How do you expect to have a good relationship with God if you don't talk to Him? Prayer. Pray as as much as possible. It doesn't have to be an organized prayer. You can do it in the morning. You can do it at night. You can do it all day long. Sometimes I find myself just talking to God when I'm driving down the road. I'm sure people think I'm a crazy man, but that's okay. Uh, So prayer. Prayer is the key, okay? Let's have a sip of coffee, and we'll have a, a, a prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we uh, thank you for coming or bringing us together today for uh, our final chapter here of Ephesians 6. Uh, all the things we learned today and in the previous uh, episodes, we're so thankful for. We're thankful for the fact that you changed Paul's heart, and he uh, he led this revolution of spreading the good news across the entire area. Now, Thousands of years later, we're reading those letters, and we can still relate to him, and we can still feel that he's talking to us, Lord. It's such a blessing to have you speak through him to us through the words and the pages of the Bible. Lord, everybody watching this, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to help them with their prayer life. We talked about that today, how that's being the key to everything, to understanding, to putting on the armor of God We know we need your help, and we know we need to pray to you and talk to you and ask you for these things. I do want to send a special prayer out to the woman who asked the question about um, having her test today for her baby. She's 43 years old, a little afraid. I understand pregnancy can be a a stressful thing, especially at, at 43, so they're doing some genetic testing today. Lord, I'm asking you to bring them through that. I'm asking you to intervene in that test and make sure that it comes out perfect. And that that baby boy is, your creation is perfect. I'm asking you, please be with her today. Comfort her and show her that everything's going to be okay. We love you and trust you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Have a great week. Uh, Get your Bibles. Read. Pray. uh, Listen to some good music. And uh, keep focused on uh, your relationship with God today. So until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys.